Michelle Donnelly, and this is the Christian Single Moms Podcast. I believe that every single mom can discover a life of peace, power, and purpose, and that you can do it right through the things that God is carrying you through in your season as a single mom. Here we talk about all of the things that matter to a single mom, but most of all, I hope you found a place where you feel like you belong. Let's get started. I'm so grateful to have you with me for this episode today. I am your host, Michelle Donnelly. Today, we are going to have a special Thanksgiving edition of Pop Questions. I received a question just in time for the Thanksgiving holiday here in the United States, and there are just so many things that are on my heart about this topic of gratefulness in the midst of grief, and I just felt that it was such the perfect time to dig into this question. I received this email from a listener who asked to remain anonymous. And basically she asked, how can I be grateful in a time where I am just weighed down by grief? For me, this was a journey that, um, it's a journey that continues to unfold, but had a really poignant moment (laughs) back at the first Thanksgiving that I spent without my children. This was back in 2019. And to set this up for y'all, I love Thanksgiving. I love it. I am a Thanksgiving purist. I do not listen to Christmas music or put up any Christmas decorations prior to the day after Thanksgiving. And so for me in the past, prior to being divorced, I went all out with all these family traditions. I was the mom who was waking everybody up at 6 a.m. so that we could go down to downtown Phoenix and run in the turkey trot. Had the goofy tutu and got my running shoes laced up and arm in arm with my kids and just trekking through. Uh, This particular race uh, also had pumpkin pie and turkey and gravy along the run. So (laughs) it was quite an event for us. And every year after the race, I'd come home and start in on dinner. And as I was prepping the meal, I'd have the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade on. And it's just something that ever since childhood, I've wanted to make sure that I was awake in time to watch the parade. And one of the highlights of the parade for me was always the Radio City Rockettes all through my life. They were the picture of holiday glamour to me. These, you know, beautiful costumes, beautiful women with these high kicks. I had been on a dance team in high school that we had done uh, kick line routines regularly. And so it's just something that had a special place in my heart. And so being able to share those moments with my kids, I would stop whatever it was that I was making and made sh- make sure that I took a minute to just absorb that scene with them. So as this particular Thanksgiving day approached my first Thanksgiving without my kids, I could not imagine trying to recreate any of those traditions without them. I'd moved to a new city by this point, and even the thought of trying to find a new turkey trot to run by myself just (laughs) sounded awful. And then on top of that, you know, though this memory of being able to watch the parade is something that I've enjoyed from childhood because I've now associated it with spending it with my kids. I just 
could not fathom turning it on and trying to watch it by myself. I I just felt like this is only going to highlight how alone I feel on this holiday. And so I wrote a blog post about this. You can read more about it. But I was on a mission to not feel grief during this Thanksgiving holiday. I had resolved, you know what? I'm going to pull myself up by my bootstraps. I'm going to make this the best possible holiday that I can. And I'm going to forge ahead and make new traditions. Well, long story short, none of that worked. (laughs) I was a miserable, uptight mess as all these plans, new plans that I had made for myself crumbled. Finally, by late afternoon, I ended up at my parents' house and my dad is praying over the meal with everyone who's gathered to eat. And I realize, oh man, this is the time now where we're supposed to go around this circle and we're supposed to talk about what we're most grateful for. And all day I'd been running from my emotions. And at that moment, it was so glaringly obvious that the things that I was the most grateful for, my three kids, what I was most grateful for, were not there with me. And I just, I could not handle it. And I got to tell you, y'all, I mean, I, so I'm a redheaded, fair-skinned person and I have zero chill when it comes to my emotions. I can't hide them. (laughs) Um, I'm a person that just... I feel all my emotions and I feel them deeply anyway. But when my green eyes go bloodshot red and my whole face becomes just blushed because of the emotion, oh, I just, it's everything that I can do to just stand there while I know that it's obvious what I'm feeling. So at the end of the prayer time, I don't even remember what I said I was thankful for, but at the end of the prayer time, I snuck away and ended up in the laundry room. I thought I was by myself, but of course, you know, my dad had seen this whole emotional ordeal come over me and he came into the laundry room and just gave me a big hug and I just cried, you know, and I think that's one of the things that we have to grapple with at a time like Thanksgiving or Christmas coming up is the fact that these are often very family-oriented holidays. And yet trying to figure out how we do a family-oriented holiday without our family or if family looks different is so daunting sometimes. And when we think about what the Thanksgiving holiday is supposed to mean, that literally it is a time for giving thanks... And that Christmas is that time where we are thankful for the birth of our Savior. Gratitude can just feel so elusive at these points where there's just such a pervasive sense of joylessness or grief, sadness, whatever it is that you're wrestling with, perhaps at at this time. Maybe you feel that, you know, when you look around at this holiday season and you see everyone getting prepared, that the Christmas trees are going up. People are beginning their holiday shopping routines, even familiar recipes of things that you might cook at Thanksgiving or all these traditions like the ones that I've mentioned that these now, what used to be moments of joy are now triggers of sadness, maybe triggers of anger, triggers of loneliness that when you think of these things now, you're reminded of what is different and what's gone. And then other times it may seem that the losses just continue to come when these sorts of events come around. You know, that every holiday, every handoff, every memory that you feel that you're missing out on with your kids, perhaps even seeing your kids hurting, 
maybe they're going to be without their other parent this year and that's hurting them. And that's hard for you to reconcile. That's hard for you to even walk them through. You might even not know what is the right thing to say. And so it can be really hard to have gratitude in these moments that are so covered with grief. But I think sometimes what is so difficult about this is we try to separate gratitude from grief. But I want us to consider what if grief actually leads us to the deepest, most sincere form of gratitude? What if in admitting our grief and telling God what is wrong, we receive a grace and a compassion that makes gratitude just come more easily? Is that even possible? (laughs) And I think the thing that we miss a lot of times is that we don't have to dress it all up for God when we're, when these times happen, you know, when, when we wish that we could have just this easy coming gratitude and we wish that it could just be covered in celebration and joy, perhaps there's a gratitude that comes out of grief that's different and that we can hold both of those experiences at the same time, that we don't have to skip over grief. We don't have to bypass grief in order to actually have a deep experience with gratitude. And I think the bridge that connects the two is grace, that when we go to God in our grief, when we tell him, I'm disappointed about this, this is hurting me, this is hurting my kids, whatever it is that you're walking through, when we can go to him with that, that we experience, we open ourselves to experience his grace. That's a courageous moment to step into that. But yet he'll meet us there with such a supernatural sense of his comfort and presence that then we have the ability to have daring enough to consider what's left. That where we would be brought in into this moment with God by the things that we've lost, that his grace can give us an awareness of what we have left. I think sometimes we think we have to skip grieving. I think that number one, either we don't want to feel it, (laughs) Uh, we're afraid we're going to get stuck there, or number two, we just think it's unspiritual to be sad, that we should just be happy, that we should be thankful for what we do have. And so we jump over this grief experience, but then we wonder, like I did on that Thanksgiving, we wonder, why do I feel so irritable? Why do I feel so overwhelmed? Why does it still feel like there's this heavy weight over me? And God gave us our emotions so that we could understand where we do have needs and where we would be drawn to Him to have Him meet those needs for us. Grief and gratitude go hand in hand. And in lamenting to God about what we have lost, we can receive the grace that we need, the strength that we need to turn our eyes to what is left. Okay, so I know that that sounds like really nice, but it's like, okay, Michelle, how how do we do this? How is this possible? How, you know, we think of gratitude a lot of times as like, well, I got to sit down and make a list of five things. And those are helpful practices. But if we are forcing gratitude, if we're bypassing the grief and forcing the gratitude, we're missing the experience of grace entirely. And it it hurts, I'll be honest with you. Being fully alive, having all of those emotions, having all of those experiences is hard, but it's good. There's real goodness 
that can come in these situations. And I think one of the things we have to get through is recognizing, and we talked about this in an episode with Rod Wilson earlier this year, we don't have to necessarily be thankful for what we are going through. We don't have to be thankful for the circumstances, but we can be thankful in them. And so when we can have, when we can resolve that tension, I don't have to be thankful that this is happening. Then we open the door though, to allow God to show us who he is in the middle of it and find the inextinguishable joy that can come from that. Okay, let's get real for a second. Have you ever just looked around at your life and thought, is this really all that there is? I know I have. But what if God actually agrees with us? Plus One Parents has released a brand new Bible study experience called Made for More, 30 Days of Discovering God's Redemption in Your Disappointment. In this study, you'll have a look at the scriptures and what they tell us about where God is in our disappointment, what he is doing to draw near to us even when we have doubt, and exactly what he is doing to redeem every last piece of our stories, even the mistakes. Made for More is now available, and it's part of the Plus One Parents Collective all-access membership level, which you'll find a link to down in the show notes. What you see around you in life right now is not all that there is. You were made for more. So I want to turn us in this to Philippians 4, 6 through 7, to give us a sense of how do we do this. So Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So there's three things that I think Paul is pointing to in this experience that we're having with grief, with anxiety, as he's mentioning it here. And those those can go hand in hand, absolutely. But there's three things that Paul is pointing to, and I'll highlight them for you here, and then we'll go into them one by one quickly. They are reflect, remember, and receive. So the first thing that Paul tells us in this, we often hear, do not be anxious, like just bypass that, like don't have it, don't do it, don't even let it be a part of your daily functioning. But here's the deal, that's not what Paul is saying. Paul is not saying, don't be anxious. He's saying, when you feel anxious, do these things instead. You know, a lot of times when we pray about, you know, being anxious, and this is certainly the case with me, I will pray God, fix this thing. God, I don't want to feel this. God, move this thing out of the way. And then go back to worrying. And Paul is trying to say in the middle of this, when you're feeling anxious, don't stay there. Don't stay stuck. And he gives us the first movement in this. The first thing to do, he says, is to pray. He's saying, bring your petitions, everything, bring it all. Reflect on what it is that you need. So that's that first one, reflect. Reflect on what it is that this experience with grief, this emotion, this anxiety, whatever you're feeling, reflect on what the need you have underneath that is. And sometimes it's just to say, God, this isn't fair. God, I don't like this. God, I don't want this to be my story. You can say that to him. But there's nothing that is in your heart God doesn't already know. And so he wants you to just feel the freedom to open that to him. So then in that moment, go pause. Pause in that moment. I think sometimes also with the presenting our requests, it becomes like this checklist. It's like to-do list, God, you know, like here's my honeydew list for the Lord, you know? And, and in that though, we miss the experience 
of true lament. Lament, we see all throughout the Bible, especially in the Psalms, is this prayerful complaining (laughs) to our Father, a God who never gets tired of us, a God who wants to hear the hurts that we're going through. He's not a stranger to them. He grieves with us in them, and He wants us to know what that feels like. He wants us to know what it feels like to be held by a Father who cares. So in that pause, you can also ask the Lord for help to sense where he is in the middle of this. So it's not just a one-sided conversation. It's not just me telling God, I hate this. <laughs> it's a it's a dialogue. It's asking the Lord, Lord, would you show me something of yourself in this? Would you show me something of your goodness in this? And as you do, this is where Paul moves us into the second thing. He says for us to pray about everything and to tell God what we need. But he also says to thank God for all he has done. So this moves us into the second part, which is remember. A lot of times gratitude is hard for us because we're just looking at the things in front of us and we're just saying like, oh, I'm thankful for this and I'm thankful for this and I'm thankful for this. And it becomes kind of this disconnected exercise. It it doesn't really engage our hearts. And even if we do engage our hearts, sometimes we forget to remember that these things that we're grateful for were given to us by God. Paul says here, thank him for all he has done. There's a remembering that happens there. You know, so if you're thanking God for your children, whether they're going to be with you or not this year, if you're thanking God for them, you can remember, you know, like in my case, I remember praying before I even became pregnant. And praying for the lives of my kids, praying for their health as I was carrying them, praying for them as we do day in and day out over the things that they're walking through, but remembering the times that God answered so many of those prayers, remembering that God has brought these children into our lives and being grateful for that answered prayer, for that move of his goodness to bring these children to us. A lot of times we disconnect the gift from the giver. And so when we are in that space of thankfulness or gratitude, it's assigning those gifts back to the giver and remembering that they are reflections of who he is and how good he is. And sometimes when we're struggling to remember, (laughs) we can ask God, we could ask him, we could say, Lord, I'm just really struggling with feeling thankful for these things. I'm really struggling with seeing your hand today. And we could ask him even for a fresh revelation of that. We could ask him for a a fresh indication of where he is moving in our story today. And the Holy Spirit is is a Holy Spirit of remembrance. He's a Holy Spirit of remembrance. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will remind you of all the things that I've taught you. And so we can ask for our memory to be refreshed in a moment where our emotions might just be taking over the whole thing. And in remembering, the reason this is such a huge part of thankfulness is that we're remembering what God has done in the past because it reminds us in the present that this is the same God who is with us in the present, the same God who is moving with us into the future. He has done good things before. He's still doing good things now, and He will do great things in the future. And even when we can't convince our hearts that that's the case, that's what remembering does for us. And that's where that deep abiding gratitude comes from. It's not just in being thankful for the things, but remembering the God who gave them to us. And then this moves us into 
the third part where Paul says to us that in doing these things, that we're going to experience the peace of God. We're going to receive it. So that's that third one, receive. And this is powerful that we stop to receive. Stop to receive this peace of God that can come through this grief, come through our requests and our complaints, come through our remembering of who God is and saying, you are going to be that same God. You are that same God. You're going to be that same God. Because that gives us a peace that defies our circumstances, that whatever I'm walking through right now, yeah, it's real. And yeah, I'm still going to feel it. And probably after this prayer, I am still going to feel this. But I also have a hope that I didn't have before that comes through this experience of the peace of knowing my God is not gone. He's not done. He's still working. He's still moving. And that is what I need in my heart so that though this grief may remain, though this circumstance may not change, that I am changed because I've had a real encounter with the God of the universe and it all came through my grief. And this is the thing that keeps us going. You know, when I went back into that laundry room, I didn't have the ability to walk all through these steps at that moment. (laughs) You know, I was not in the laundry room crying with my dad thinking, okay, Philippians 4, 6, or 7, reflect, remember, receive, reflect, remember, receive. It was not that. In that moment, I just was fully present though to the moment. I wasn't trying to run anymore. That whole day I had spent running (laughs) from my emotions. And by sinking into them, though, I received the compassion of God through my dad. And by not running from my emotions and being fully present to the moment, I was able to receive what God did have. And now that time has passed, years have come, I've spent many more holidays by myself. I have this practice, though. I have this understanding of the presence of God that I can lean into anytime that the emotions become too overwhelming, anytime that I'm feeling weighed down doesn't have to be the holidays. It can be every day. If I'm feeling depressed because I'm alone, if I'm feeling rejected because something didn't work out the way that I'd hoped it had, if I'm feeling like a failure because I yelled at my kids again, I have this space with God to go back and say, God, this is what I'm feeling right now. I don't like it. (laughs) Will you help me to see where you are? Help me to remember what you're doing, what you've done and what you're doing. And help me to just receive what you have for me today. And that is the process by which our grief can truly become an abiding gratitude. It allows us to recognize what we have lost, but in a way that helps us to truly realize what we still have left. I pray that something I said in this episode today encouraged your heart. And that as you step into this holiday season, that you would just have a truly deep experience with the hope of God that can come through the hurts that you might be walking through at this time. So in this episode, I mentioned a couple of resources that you might want to check into if you are still looking for some more help with finding hope in the midst of your hurt at the holidays. The first one is the blog post that I mentioned. We actually have two blog posts out right now at plusoneparents.org, and I'll include a link in the show notes. The second was a podcast episode from earlier this year I mentioned with Rod Wilson. It's episode 104. Thank you. I'm sorry. Tell me more. Words that hurt, words that heal. 
And that's with Dr. Rod Wilson. Now, if you would like to submit a question for an upcoming pop question segment, head over to plusoneparents.org. If you scroll down a little on the homepage, you'll see a feature on our website where you can actually leave us a voice recording of your question. Or if you prefer to be a little more anonymous, you can click on the contact page and send your question by email. I'd love to invite you to get more involved with the Plus One Parents community. If you head over to plusoneparents.org, you can sign up to become part of our free private community experience, the Plus One Parents Collective. On the website, you can also check out our blog and other resources on topics relating to dating and parenting, abuse recovery, and spiritual well-being. Or you can also get on our mailing list to receive Plus One Parent exclusive updates. You can also find us on Facebook or Instagram at plusone.parents. I'm so grateful that you're a part of this community and that you were able to join me for this episode today. I pray always that you would know that you are seen and you are beloved.